Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Don't worry, we've got you covered when it comes to the big dance. Two games going on right now, not really close. Another one, a different story between Iowa and Richmond. You may have heard Brian Fenley. If you didn't, just a one-point game as they near halftime in their Midwest uh, region first round matchup. Richmond just tying it with free throws with an opportunity to take the lead. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Uh, within the last half hour, news broke that Baker Mayfield has requested a trade from the Cleveland Browns. So Baker Mayfield wants out of Cleveland and he wants a new setting. Now, there's just one problem with that is the Cleveland Browns would have to be the ones who ended up accommodating that trade. And according to the Browns, they are not going to trade Baker Mayfield. Uh, Mike Garofolo of the NFL Network reporting, uh, Jake Trotter as well, who covers the, uh, the Browns for ESPN, saying that the Browns are not accommodating Baker Mayfield's request to be traded. Baker did say to ESPN, quote, it's in the mutual interest of both sides for us to move on. The relationship is too far uh, fine to, or too far to mend. It's in the best interest of both sides to move on. That from Baker Mayfield, but the Browns are the ones who are going to have to trade him, and Cleveland doesn't do it. And Aaron, I, 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 I kind of blame Cleveland for all of this. I actually do blame yeah. Cleveland for all of this. Like Baker Mayfield is who Baker Mayfield is, but you are now you now got to the point where you pursued Deshaun Watson after the new league year began yesterday, when a lot of the quarterback movement had already happened in the NFL. And then you went and said, you know what, we're going to try to go, we're going to try to go after Deshaun Watson and have this meeting. And even though you communicated it with Baker, there was no plan B. And if plan B was Baker Mayfield, after you telling him that you're trying to upgrade, that to me is a Cleveland problem and not a Baker Mayfield problem. Well, first of all, I agree. Um, by the way, I think we had a Seinfeld reference on one of these uh, episodes that we've done recently. This does remind me of the Seinfeld episode where George wants to break up with his girlfriend and she just says, no, nah, I don't think so. I, we're, we're, we're still together. I mean, that, that, that's essentially <laughs> yeah. what just happened here yes. over the last hour. Um, but no, I, I, you know, I agree with you. And, and it goes back to what I said last hour is one, I think for all of the scorn that Baker Mayfield took last year uh, when he was not healthy, or at least that was his reasoning for his lack of success, um, you know, he, he, he is a guy that has proven that, that he can be a guy that takes you to the playoffs and win, wins games there. But it, it is exactly what you just said, Dan. It's, it's the timing element of all of this, which is that, you know, we're so far into the off season right now, and to 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 have so much coach, uh, not coaching, a uh, uh, quarterback movement with Carson Wentz and with Mitch Trubisky and obviously Russell Wilson, and now to take a meeting with Deshaun Watson. And my guess, I think Baker Mayfield's frustration probably is uh, that it wasn't public until it became public. In other words, that he had no idea what was going on. I do understand his frustration. As you said in hour one, um, you know, it feels as though much of the fan base turned on him last year. Nobody in the organization, I think this is an important part, ever really came to his defense publicly. I understand his frustration. 
I really, really, really do. If you were looking at an option, let's just say the Browns had a change of heart and said, "All right, fine, we're going to move on." You know, this is this is what we're we're, we're going to try to accommodate your re- request and try to work for a trade. Now the question is, where do you go? Do you go to whoever doesn't win the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes? Do you go to a Carolina team if they would be interested? Do you try to go to Atlanta if there was something uh, there? Would you go to New Orleans if Watson doesn't go there? You go to Seattle? Because that to me is the – like Seattle is the place that to me makes a little bit more sense because you have two regimes, one being Baker Mayfield and the other being Pete Carroll and the Seahawks, is trying to prove that their decisions or that their previous love affairs – uh, we're not better than what's ahead. So if you were to take Deshaun, excuse me, if you were to take Baker Mayfield and put him in Seattle, to me it would be both sides kind of trying to be like, all right, let's get together. I've got something to prove. You've got something to prove. I think a scenario like that would really, really mesh. No matter how much Pete Carroll wants you to think that they should, that they may play Drew Locke. To me, their goals seem to be on the same on the same level. Yeah, that was one, obviously, assuming, of course, that again, that, you know, as we talked with Deshaun Watson, that we're talking about a situation where Baker Mayfield's probably not going to be traded within the AFC. Um, you know, Seattle was the one that, that immediately jumped out to me for all of the reasons that you said. Um, obviously, Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, we, we, we have learned, even though I've been, uh, you know, a little bit praiseworthy of him over the last couple, uh, you know, last couple segments, uh, he isn't a guy that you could just put the offense on his back and let him basically carry you like a Justin Herbert, like a Patrick Mahomes, like a whomever. Uh, And that's not what Pete Carroll's going to do anyway. And so obviously Baker's a little volatile. It's worth noting too, Dan, that, uh, you know, Pete Carroll pretty much, if if you produce on Sundays, he lets you do whatever you want in terms of press conferences, social media, media availability. The more that I think about it, the more that I think it actually does make a lot of sense on a lot of levels for Seattle to be the logical next spot. If he were to be traded, which it doesn't appear as though he is set to be just on the on the heels of what you said I don't even know if the AFC is off limits sure like if you're if you're the Browns and another team in the AFC uh wants Baker Mayfield even if and I know this may be blasphemy even if your hated division rivals who just signed Mitchell Trubisky Mm. and had Mason Rudolph but even if the Steelers came calling I don't know if I wouldn't end up trading him there it's different of like we don't want this guy to face this guy every single year to have it come back to haunt us if he's in a different conference maybe we only face him you know once every four years I don't think Baker is on that level yet I think you could live with maybe facing him if you were Cleveland especially if you have the sort of uh uh report on them like they do after four years i don't think that you would necessarily mind that so a trade within the division i don't know where it would be i'm not sure necessarily i mean if it was indianapolis i guess that would be a spot where you could trade uh trade it within the conference and that have, was the have one that possibility of, yeah that but, was the one i was thinking of when i said that yeah yeah if indy came along and had a better deal than everybody else i don't know if i'm 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 probably taking the better deal. I'm not worried about Baker Mayfield haunting me for the last for the next ten years. That's probably pretty fair. Yeah, I mean, I I just said it because it's such a, you know, uh, football one hundred and one cliche. But I I I do tend to agree with you. Is if if a great offer came down from Indy, I'm not I'm not sure that I do buy that they would trade him to Pittsburgh unless the offer was absurd, which I just don't see Pittsburgh doing for a number of different reasons. Um, but with that said. Uh, I could see Indy, uh, but I, I do. Now that I'm thinking about Seattle, I, 
just like I said, Pete Carroll lets his guys be themselves, do what they want, produce on Sundays. They have weapons, um, but it's not a place where he's going to be expected to to be again. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, whatever. So that is the spot to me that makes a lot of sense. And then as you laid out as well, Dan, just the reality that that they both sides have something to prove. It might be a really good fit. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. I don't think he should go to Pittsburgh. My point is, if yeah. who Baker Mayfield is, are you really worried if you're Cleveland? Like, if, if your analysis on, you know, of, of what you've experienced for the next four years, are you really worried if, you know, Baker Mayfield's in your conference or in your division? And I don't think that they are. I think it's different if it's Aaron Rodgers or it's Deshaun Watson or it's oh, Russell yeah, Wilson. But in terms of Baker Mayfield, I think it's a yeah, it's a it's a bit different. Find Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Check out the latest signs of the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be twenty one. Must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. I want to fit this in because college hoops right now in a a bit of a pause. Iowa and Richmond are at the half. Richmond is up one in that game, 29 to 28. But it also allows us to take a quick look back at what happened last night in the NBA. As we were focused on the first four and that thriller between Notre Dame and Rutgers, the Boston Celtics were absolutely taking it to the Golden State Warriors, who lost Steph Curry in the first half of that game. And now ESPN is saying that Curry, uh, that there is some hope that the Warriors can get Curry back um, at some point, maybe in this regular season before the Western Conference playoffs start, but a sprained uh, ligament in his foot after Marcus Smart fell on him during last night's game. Kerr was pretty uh, animated during the game and then had this to say afterwards. I thought it was a dangerous play. I thought I thought Marcus uh, dove into Steph's knee, and, I, and that's what I was upset about. A lot of respect for Marcus. He's a hell of a player, gamer, um, competitor. I coached him in uh, the World Cup. A few summers ago, we talked after the game. We're good, but I thought it was a dangerous play. A different tone from what he had during the game from Steve Kerr. I'll say this. Um, There was a very famous incident uh, in Anaheim a few years ago during the NCAA tournament where Dylan Brooks made a couple big shots. Dylan Brooks, of course, now in the NBA. And Oregon beats Duke to go to the Elite Eight. And Coach K pulls him aside in the post game press uh, post game handshake line and says, "You know that's just that's not how we do things here at this level, son." And I was about five feet away from that when that happened. By the way, I bring it up to say I was getting some big Coach K vibes from St- Steve Kerr uh, when, when I saw this. Um, I, I I think it's Adam Silver's job to protect his stars. Um, I think it's uh, you know players on the court Draymond Green's job to protect Steph Curry if he thinks something was wrong by Steph Curry but first of all Marcus Smart was diving on the floor for loose for a loose ball like everyone is taught from the moment that they step onto a basketball court and a lot of in a lot of ways I give him a ton of credit because of the fact that you know we always complain about the NBA these guys are, are coasting through the regular season Marcus Smart doesn't coast Marcus Smart plays every possession that way and if Steph Curry isn't healthy enough to be out there if he, you don't deem him safe to be out there They don't have him out there, but there was zero dirty about that play. And for Steve Kerr to have the audacity to tell another player on another team how to play, I thought it was kind of, you know, almost pathetic. If I was the Celtics front office, Celtics coaching staff, I I, would have been 
I, very upset. Let, let me put it that way. I would have been very upset at the post-game press conference that Steve Kerr had the audacity to try to tell one of my players how to play, especially when he was playing hard, especially when it was clear if you saw it live that there was nothing malicious intended. How dare you dive on the floor? How dare you, you hustle for a loose are? ball? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, if Steph Curry was on the floor, maybe you wouldn't have gotten injured. No, that's that's a cheap shot. But <laughs> the point, the, the, it, it, it was a freak play. And honestly, as Kerr is saying, like it was more about Steph's knee, I'd actually be more worried about Steph's ankle and the foot that he actually did hurt than anything considering his history. But yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know. It's not like he got down there and twisted it like it was an NFL pile. Exactly. Dove, dove for a ball and Steph's leg ended up getting... That, that's like how 20% of injuries happen in the NFL, if not higher. You know, so for something that happened in basketball, I think you're spot on with that. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. First round NCAA tournament games again going on right now. Baylor uh, moves on as the top seed in the East region. Uh, goes uh, Gets past Norfolk State with absolutely ease. 85-49. Bears moving on to the second round. They'll face the winner of the North Carolina Marquette game. Tennessee. You like these Vols, huh? You like the uh, the Volunteers as they're taking it to Longwood right now, 67-39 with just under 13 minutes to go. The SEC Tournament champion, Tennessee Volunteers. Is this where I'm supposed to tell you all about my bracket and what I've done right and wrong so far? Or? Not, well, if you, <laughs> if you would like to, I know, that, yeah. I know that you had liked Tennessee entering this tournament and them getting a three seed when we did the selection show on Sunday uh, was – we thought Tennessee would have been a bit higher, maybe even possibly on that one line, uh, if certain things would have would have fallen out. But they are ended up a three seed, and they don't they they seem to be taking out their angst on Longwood right now. Yes, I I would say I, I do like Tennessee, um, but it's because they're playing really awesome basketball right now. Uh, obviously, look, we all filled out our brackets. Everybody has their own opinions. One thing that's pretty much indisputable right now, Tennessee is playing like a team that is good enough to win a national championship regardless of their seed line. Uh, roll through the SEC tournament, a Kentucky team that was actually playing pretty well coming in. They steamrolled them, obviously beat Texas A&M. So I do like this Tennessee team. I, I hate that they got a three seed, especially in the South, because they're going to have to go through Villanova and Arizona likely to get to a Final Four. I think those are probably three of the top six or seven teams in the country right now. Um, but... Yes, I do like them, and yes, they are absolutely boat racing Longwood right now. And then Iowa and Richmond at a tight one. Richmond up one at the half in that 5-12 at 12 matchup. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Bayer. The Dodgers now have Freddie Freeman, but don't call them the New York Yankees. We'll explain next year on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. We're going to go over to the news desk with Brian Fenley in about 60 seconds. Get you caught up to date of what's happening in all those NCAA tournament games. And then Adam Kaplan will join us to talk some NFL. I just want to make this point, Aaron, about the Freddie Freeman signing with the Dodgers. Because, listen, I'm not a Dodgers fan. And the guys on the other side of the glass are big Dodgers fans. But this is going to be uh, one of the uh, the rare opportunities, Aaron, that you can uh, have a take and make no one happy. There's (laughs) sometimes, you know, people agree with you and other people disagree 
agree with you. So some of the people are happy, some aren't. Um, I feel like I'm going to make a, a, a lot of people mad by saying this. Not that it's controversial, but I just don't think that Freddie Freeman signing with the Dodgers is the point to say, look, the Dodgers are the New York Yankees of, of old, the evil empire, the empire that just bought players and continues to buy players and tries to win championships. Freddie Freeman is a Southern California guy. Freddie Freeman's looking for a place to play. I don't see a lot of guys, you know, that are you know, that that have the opportunity to maybe go play where they're from and, and passing that up. It does. It does happen. Um, but it's it's an opportunity where Freddie Freeman, a Southern California native, grew up an Angels fan, by the way, but gets to go and play for the Dodgers for the amount of money. And then they have this obscene lineup. And I just I don't think that the Dodgers are that team because of that situation, because of the Dodgers farm system and, and how good it has been over the last decade or so and the prospects that they've had and honestly are the prospects that they've held on to and didn't make deals to like I always just felt that the Yankees always just could do it because they were the Yankees and at times I think the Dodgers have shown some restraint but I also think it's fair to say that they can't be the Yankees because the Dodgers don't have the World Series titles or the amount of them that the Yankees do and they've just got the one right now so it was a different story when the Yankees were winning World Series after World Series and having a payroll and just getting all all the name players and that's not the Dodgers that is not the Dodgers at all and I'm sticking up for the Dodgers at that point but I also think that you have to win some world titles to be able to be put in a category to be considered the New York Yankees so I tend to agree um you know I, I think first of all <clears throat> the farm system stuff is important you know there's still a few guys on this roster that are homegrown but then you even have a guy like Justin Turner who's just you know, he, he didn't start with the Dodgers, but he's been around like eight, nine years. Like, this sure. isn't, yeah. Yeah. Like, he's not some, uh, you know, uh, uh, splashy whatever. Like, he's just a guy that has been with the organization. And so, to me, like, look, you know, you're always trying. You know what this kind of reminds me of, Dan? is the rise of the Braves in the 90s. And let me explain why. It's because you start with, um, you know, you start with a core of guys and then you're always tweaking from there. And so that to me is more of what the Dodgers have done as opposed to the Yankees. And I know the Yankees started with the core four and all that stuff, but it, this feels like a little bit different. It's not wholesale. It's not, I don't know. I, I, I tend to agree with you, especially because of the free agency perspective, yeah, or, I think uh, farm system perspective. Much more of a... a <laughs> The Dodgers have just had tons and tons of guys. And you're right. A guy like Justin Turner stuck around, makes himself an all-star, and now you consider him a Dodger even though he wasn't, he wasn't originally one. Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, joins us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You can hear Adam here on Fox Sports Radio on the Inside the Birds podcast and also on Sirius XM NFL Radio. Uh, Adam, it's me and Aaron Torres today yep. sitting in on this crazy day. Uh, crazy day in Cleveland. Is this all stemming from the Deshaun Watson pursuit that Baker Watts out and now that the Browns didn't get Watson, they won't trade him? How did this all unfold? You guys, it's going to be, you know, it's actually started, um, gosh, weeks ago where stuff got out of their building about Mayfield. And I know privately, I'm told he was not happy about it. Some criticism that became public. And it just, just started building up. And the, the Browns have had issue, issues with what they perceive as maturity. Uh, they felt like he needed to be, be a better leader. But, you know, he was so tough last season. Remember, he had a significant left shoulder injury, which he'd later play with during the season. He had a groin injury. He actually had four injuries, I'm told, that he played through. And obviously he had just had surgery, so he won't be ready until the summer. 
And then, you know, they sat him down. They talked. The, the agents talked to uh, actually uh, Tom Mills, who's been around many years, and his dad Jack, who co-represent uh, Baker. And they were told basically that um, they were going to talk to Watson uh, and his representative, uh, David Mulligetta, about uh, getting involved. And they met with him. Uh, and Baker was told this was going to happen. Was a surprise to him because he told they told him. Uh, and then you saw Baker's, I don't know if you, I, I assume you guys saw it, his uh, social media post, where yeah. he didn't know about his future and he was getting very sentimental. And then um, he, I, I think he's gotten to the point where he's just, just had enough. And it, uh, it, the, the amazing thing is, guys, 2020, I don't, in Kevin Stefanski's first year, they, they came out of nowhere to make the playoffs and they, they won in the, the wild card round. And, and Baker Mayfield was the toast of the town. And as we saw with Carson Wentz, it all could go dissipate quickly. And the Browns have to figure out, because Watson's not interested in them going forward, what they're going to do with quarterback. Because when a quarterback like Baker Mayfield, he's got two veteran agents who I know both uh, Mills's, especially Tom, they'll take this as far as they need to to get him out of there. Um, and that's just the way they're going to have to do it. It'll be very difficult to mend fences, never say never. But when you decide that as a club you're going to pursue another quarterback – in in front of you, uh, in front of you, that that I mean, I, it's just hard to go back. It's like guys, if so, if, if if your employer tells you, listen, we like you, but we think there might be someone better than you. It's just, it's just not going to work. And that was going to be my next question, um, Adam. Is was was there something even from the beginning that they could have done different? Because what Dan and I were talking about earlier is I understand both sides. Is is Baker, as you said, led this team to the playoffs. He was not 100% last year. I understand the Browns saying, you know, you really struggled last year, you know, injuries included. Uh, could they have come out more publicly uh, and supported him? Is there something they could have done from the beginning that wouldn't have gotten us here besides the obvious uh, don't meet with Deshaun Watson and tell Baker Mayfield about it? Well, here's the problem, guys. You know, at the Combine, not assessing blame here, but the fact of the matter is um, Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski, Barry, the general manager, and Stefanski, the head coach, both said that Mayfield will be the starter going forward. And then when you have this stuff come out, when they, there's nothing wrong with pursuing Deshaun Watson. He's a better quarterback. But once you decide you're going to do that, it's over for Baker Mayfield. That's just the way it works. And now to try to put the genie back in the bottle, so to speak, it's just going to be very difficult. And you know, Browns fans, poor Browns fans, they finally, after 30 years, make the playoffs or become a. a, a, a they won. You know, they they look like they they turn things around for the first time in 30 years. And now they're back to square one. Not that the roster isn't good; it is, and Stefanski's done a good job. But they don't really know what the, who the quarterback's going to be. And remember that this is the final point here. This is probably the most important point of all. Andrew Burry, the, the general manager, had nothing to do with Bayfield being drafted. John Dorsey, the former GM, drafted him. And we have to remember, it's like Joe Douglas when he took over for uh, the Jets, for Mike McCagman. He inherited Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's on borrowed time, and so is Baker Mayfield. That's just the way it is. And Jimmy Haslam is staying out of it, I'm told. Uh, he basically has given Andrew the ability to do what he wants. And I just get the sense that knowing Jimmy Haslam just a little bit from people who work for him, they don't want the quarterback and his displeasure to be the big story. And you saw what happened with uh, Odell Beckham Jr., how he became bigger than the football team. This is not what they want. Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer sitting in for Doug. Uh, kind of on the heels of a transition a segue with OBJ is – uh, Odell Beckham Jr. possibly going back to the Rams, but the Rams today signing Allen Robinson to a three-year deal. 
How do the Rams keep doing this? How 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 are they able to you know bring in now Allen Robinson again and, and fit these contracts and make it work? Yeah, it, it's it, first of all, it's going to be a two-year structure, as I understand it, for a three-year deal. That means they could they could get out of it after two years. And OBJ, uh, he's coming from back from a tour in ACL. They, the Rams said have all the leverage here. Uh, as a guy who's had a lot of injuries, OBJ very talented. Boy, did he look good before he got hurt, but. They, and they, remember, Robert Woods is coming back from a tour in ACL, sure. so they, they yeah. have. If that's, I think we forget about that. They love him, by the way. I, I mean, they, I'm, it would shock me if they cut him, just because I know internally how much they love him and how much of a leader he's been. And don't forget Cooper Cup. I mean, if he had, he signed a good contract extension a couple years ago, but you can make the case he's outplayed it. So they have some. They have some challenges to go through here. They lost one of their starting corners, Darius Williams, in free agency, and uh, Austin Corbett, a starting guard. They've got some work to do, but. The roster's still intact, and, and Matthew Stafford, by the way, is going to get a new deal this offseason. So we mentioned Deshaun Watson. It seems as though he's down to three. He's yeah. going through, yeah, if we want to call it the interview process, the reverse interview process, whatever. Uh, wh- where do we stand? Do we have an idea? Is this going to be drawn out? Does Deshaun want it done quick? What, 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 where, where are we at on this? Well, the Texans guys want it done. They want it done by Sunday because his contract partially – Part of his base salary for 2023 becomes fully guaranteed on Sunday, so they're going to want to get this done by Saturday. Uh, Watson doesn't want to be rushed, as I understand it. And by the way, there are other teams that, if he is unsure by, let's say, tomorrow or Saturday, there are other teams that want to get a, would like to sit down with him. Now, he, he only wants to talk to those teams that he's met with. Um, I know there, have been, there, there are a couple teams I don't particular that still want to talk to him, but He's not granting that request. I would tell you the Saints were always the favorite coming in. They're the favorite now. It doesn't mean they're going to be that team that he picks. And remember, he has a no-trade clause. He decides, just like Russell Wilson does, where he goes. It will not be, it will not be the Texas choice. They, they, they control all the compensation, but he will control where he goes. Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider. Uh, last one, because I can't—I don't think we've even spoken since. Yeah, uh, we haven't. Yeah, uh, the Russell Wilson trade yeah. ended up uh, happening. Um, the Seahawks yesterday released uh, separate statements from Pete Carroll, John Schneider, Jody yeah. Allen, all uh, you know, basically saying Russell Wilson started this. Wilson was asked that yeah. he initiated. How bad did it get in Seattle between the sides? Yeah, Dan, Dan, yeah, Dan you and I have talked about this for a year and a half. Russell wanted out. He wanted out last year, but he didn't want to be the bad guy. Uh, they were not going to trade him due to cap issues. It would have created a ton of uh, dead money. So they were not going to really honor his request to at least consider being traded. And then they both mutually agreed that this is the best course of action, but they didn't want to come off as the bad guy. Let's not forget, you as a Seahawks fan knows, uh, know this. Well, the Jamal Adams trade has not worked out. Uh, giving up all, all that trade compensation, not having first-round picks, this is, this is probably the best decision that they can make at least to get them. But here's the problem. Like so many teams are t- would tell you, they don't have a starting quarterback right now. Drew Locke will not be starting week one if they don't draft a quarterback in the first round. I mean, that's the only way he would. They're going to be looking to draft a quarterback in the first round. It's going to be hard to find a quarterback. That's just the way it is. This is the worst time in my 19 years covering the, 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 this business to need a quarterback. It's just, it's just not good. Um, you know, I'll tell you what, the Seahawks, the Seahawks would have gotten three first-rounders had Russell been willing to, to go to another team, but that was really the only team that he focused on. Uh, there was another team hovering, but he he wanted to go with a, a, a head coach who calls plays, and, and that's that's why your Seahawks didn't get the three first rounders. Who was hovering? 
Uh, there's another team that needs a quarterback that still does not. I'll leave it at that way. They, okay. It's not out there, but I know for a fact this team was calling the agent and wanted Russell to get on the horn, and he wasn't interested. Ah, interesting. All right, very well. Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider. Always good to talk to you, Adam, and we'll be getting closer to the draft as well. Can't wait to do that. Thanks, man. Sounds good, guys. Thank you. Get him on Twitter at Kaplan NFL. Again, here I'm on the Inside the Birds podcast, Sirius XM NFL Radio, and right here on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, it was weird, Aaron, yesterday with those Seahawks statements. And then the Seahawks even put out a graphic saying, you know, thank you to one of the greatest uh, quarterbacks in Seahawks history. Mm-hmm. And I've been a fan of the Seahawks most of my life. Uh, I'm a Seahawks fan because of Dave Craig, their old quarterback. And when you think about their history – I mean, it's basically Matt Hasselbeck or Russell Wilson. And just to, to see that, the, the, the comparison, one guy was the, uh, you know, the quarterback to lead him to a Super Bowl victory. Hasselbeck did take him to a Super Bowl. But even when you just go back in stat-wise, I mean, Russell Wilson is the king of all that. So just there just mm-hmm. seems to be a little bit of pettiness on the side of the Seahawks seems now that like he's out of Seattle. It does seem like that. We had Dave Softy on, Dave Softy Maller last week on, and it, it seemed like the fan base was a little bit more upset with how it played out than I had anticipated. I loved Hasselbeck. I uh, thought he was great. He threw 174 touchdowns during his time in Seattle. Russell Wilson threw 292. <laughs> so, one of, so, one of. Who else yeah. is on the list? Charlie Whitehurst? Like, who, what, are we, what are we talking no, about here? Come on, man. Come on now. Dave Craig, of course, is on the list. Dave Craig actually has 195 touchdown passes. Yeah, he actually had the record. He had more than, than Hasselbeck had. He had Jim Zorn. Uh, he had Warren Moon for a stretch. Um, John Kitna in the late, uh, you know, late 90s as well. Rick Myra was a first, uh, first round pick. Yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of names, that, some that uh, I would rather forget. Um, the Stan Gelbaugh era, uh, Kelly Stoffer era, those were uh, those were forgettable times in Seattle. But yeah, to say one of the Se- greatest quarterbacks in Seahawks history, no matter how petty you are, you can't deny what he ended up doing there. And I know it's a different game, but it's not like Matt Hasselbeck wasn't in a quarterback friendly system either. Sure. I mean, you know, they they would throw you know three yard passes to running backs out of the backfield because that was their running game for a while. So, but yeah, just the Seahawks seemingly uh, a little bit petty when it came to Russell Wilson's departure. Mm-hmm. He is Eric Torres. I'm Dan Byer. Check out the latest lines of the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name and online sports betting. Must be 21. Must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. You have to hear what Colin Cowherd said about Baker Mayfield. That's next here on Fox. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio, keeping tabs of what's happening in the Midwest region and first-round play. As the Iowa Hawkeyes playing in Buffalo, the five seed going up against 12 seeded Richmond. Richmond up 49 46 in that contest. So we will keep you updated as we know a lot of people had the Hawkeyes going far in their brackets. And that could that could bust the bracket, Aaron Torres. Their bracket is busted if if Iowa cannot come back. What are your favorite phrases well, that we get at this time of year? Let me spend the rest of the segment, rather than doing the press, telling you how I have Iowa in my Final Four. And, Dan, I will not be able to do the last show if Iowa loses this game. <laughs> the last hour of this show, let hey, me tell you. 
It's that two hours of extra rest that Richmond had over <laughs> Iowa that right now is proven to be the difference. It's an inside joke that three people get. Yes, I I referenced how I don't how the committee screwed everybody that played on Sunday, and I said plus Iowa that plus they're going to have a day's less rest having to play on Thursday. And as Iowa Sam and Ralph Irvin very quickly corrected me, uh, Richmond also played on Sunday. But that's really beside the point. I, let me just tell you. Let me just spend the next hour telling you about how br- busted my bracket is if Iowa loses this game. Well, if Iowa does lose this game, we're going to have a lot to talk about uh, here on Fox Sports Radio. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show. No Doug today, but that doesn't mean we're not going to do what Doug normally does at this time. As he usually takes a piece from Fox Sports 1 or Fox Sports Radio, plays it back for you in a segment we like to call. And now. <laughs> what does the Fox say? Colin Cowherd weighing in on the one and only, you know it, Baker Mayfield. In the history of Colin Wright, Colin Wrong. That Chris Mortensen report yesterday validated this is the most Colin Wright ever. From the very beginning, I said Johnny Manziel is undraftable and not a franchise quarterback. He's a frat boy. Baker Mayfield, I said he is a franchise quarterback, but he's undraftable to me. Too snarky, too juvenile, wants to be a frat boy, too cool for the room, always got to win arguments. I don't think he's a bad person. I think he's immature. He's 27 years old. Let's hope he's learned from these mistakes. A lot of people mature so slowly. You know I love Bill Maher. He says this all the time. Not everybody learns stuff at the same time. Let's be tolerant of those who sometimes are a little slow to grasp cultural changes. Not everybody grasps stuff the first day, and people can grow. But can you guys all stop arguing with me on this? I'm right every time on this. I was right on Jameis Winston. I was right on Jake Cutler. I was right on Cam, although Cam's just so damn gifted. He overcame most of it. I was right on Johnny Menzel, and I'm right on Baker. You're a franchise quarterback. I know it's unfair, but you have to be bizarrely mature at 23 years old, like Russell Wilson, like Andrew Luck. I'm not going to. Colin's right. Colin's got a lot to support his argument. But I do also think that. Let's just say hypothetically you go back to the 2018 draft, Aaron. And my whole point is this. If Josh Allen is on the Browns and Baker Mayfield is on the Bills, I'm not saying they're identical. What I'm saying is is it does depend on what situation you go to. And if Baker Mayfield did need to be mature, then that is on Baker Mayfield. But it's not like the situation around him was great. Um, I, I do think that these scenarios and spots that you get put in, one of the reasons why I had heard Baker Mayfield was the Browns' choice was because during his workout, there, there was a different energy in that field house or, you know, in that facility when he was doing, you know, doing his workouts. And when you're trying to figure out who is what and this and that, that does come into play. I, I just I don't think you have the greatest situation to walk into. Maybe now it's more stable, but it seems like the the uh, the horse has left the barn in, in that nature. So he's right about he is right about Baker. And he was right about having Baker, but I don't think Baker was put in the greatest position. I, I, no, I, I I think your point stands, but I do think his point stands too because because I was the guy that coming out of college I liked planting the flag in Ohio State. I liked you know frankly let's we all remember grabbing the junk on the sidelines or whatever. I like him staring down the Kansas guy at the coin toss or whatever because I just felt you know I must have gotten they caught didn't up. shake his hand like That's that was what the it was. thing yeah yeah 
Yeah, and so, so first of all, maybe that one was justified. But I, I think the concept was he was a double walk-on, was like seventh on the depth chart at Texas Tech, starts game one, goes to Oklahoma. I just thought it was a cool story, and I said if he can overcome all this, he will figure it out in the NFL. But I do think Colin was right that maybe he uses that negativity. It's not helping him as much as I, would thought, as I thought. At this point, it's more hurting him than anything. Yeah, there is a time where you do have to mature, and I and I think that there probably is some maturing maturing that has gone on, but just maybe not to the uh, full boat that Colin would have liked. Yeah, no, I I, I agree, and and like I said, it to me the way that I see it is. Um, there are the things that I thought were going to help Baker. I do think have hurt him in terms of his emotion, his energy, all those kind of things. What does the fuck say? Check out the latest lines of the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21. Must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We told you we'll keep you up to date on what's happening in that Iowa Richmond game, that 5-12 matchup. Richmond up 51 to 46. They're at the eight-minute timeout, 7.59 left to go in that game. That could be, again, your first real bracket buster of this NCAA tournament. He is Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Could Colin Kaepernick find a home in the National Football League again? We think so, and there's one perfect spot for him. That's next on Fox.